What's up, everyone? Thanks for listening to the New York Sports Beat podcast. And we have big news. You have already heard it, I'm sure. Sam Darnold, quarterback previously of the New York Jets, has been traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2021 sixth round pick and a second and fourth round pick in 2022. This has been a situation that has been of much controversy in the New York area, especially amongst Jets fans, what to do with Sam Darnold, what to do with that number two overall pick. Well, now we pretty much have our answer as to what is going to happen with that number two overall pick. It is going to be a quarterback. Now we can speculate all we want as to who, but that's a topic for another day. Um, Maybe even later this week. I wanted to have Eric Frank on for this episode, but he was not available, but he will be on later this week and he will definitely give his thoughts on the trade on Sam Darnold. And, of course, as we will discuss the Jets draft plans and the number two pick. But as far as mine, I can start in a number of directions here. So I guess I'll start here. And there's probably so much I want to say about this. um, I'm bound to leave something out at some point. So if I do, then obviously I'll just get to it in another episode because I'm sure this won't be the last time talking about this. I like to trade for all parties, the Jets, the Panthers, and Darnold. Compensation was very good. They were never getting a first-round pick for Sam Darnold. I would have liked the second-round pick that they got. I would have liked that to be this year, but I'm fine with it being next year as well. It doesn't really matter, and I'll touch on why in a little bit. Darnold gets a much-needed fresh start. He's going to a team with a good head coach in Matt Rule, a good up-and-coming offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. He's reunited with Robbie Anderson. He has DJ Moore. And, of course, he has one of, if not the best, all-around running back in football in Christian McCaffrey. And my stance all along has been that they need to move on from Sam Darnold. And I like Darnold. He seems like a good kid just from the way he's carried himself here as a Jet. But in three NFL seasons, and I know, no weapons, no offensive line, terrible coaching. Yes, those things are all true, and they all played a big part. But in three seasons, he was making the same mistakes as he did in college. Footwork inability to read defenses, throwing into coverage, bailing at first sight of pressure. These things should have improved over three years in the NFL, regardless of the weapons and even the coaching staff. And it did not. It did not. And that's why I have been a big proponent of moving on. And you run the risk of him going to Carolina and becoming a very good quarterback, which I think he still could. I do. I think he could still be. He's only 22 years old. So I understand when Jets fans say he didn't have this, he didn't have that, 
He's still so young. All valid points. But don't think for one second that money didn't play a major factor in this either. Fifth year option, which I believe, I believe the Panthers have said they are picking up, is for around $20 million. So $10 million this year for him, and then $20 million next year for him. And we don't know what you're getting. You assume that because now there's some coaching and a lot of hype around Robert Salah and LaFleur and the system that Darnold could succeed. And now they brought in Corey Davis and they have these draft picks that people just assume that Darnold was going to put it all together. And this was his fair, his fair shot. But you're going to pay $30 million over two years for a quarterback that hasn't proven anything, that hasn't progressed in the three prior years. He was a turnover machine at USC, and he continued to do that in the NFL. If there was progression from year to year, I could understand the Jets staying with him and risking and paying his fifth-year option. And that whole thing that came up as a topic this week about the Jets maybe keeping him and drafting number two, that was ridiculous. That was probably the worst idea, and I don't know who started that or who floated out, but it gained a lot of steam. That was the absolute worst idea possible. Because if you did that and you had a competition and Darnold happened to win that competition, well, now you look like an idiot for drafting a quarterback in number two. And then what do you do at the end of this year? First of all, his fifth-year option had to be picked up, I believe, prior to May. So you wouldn't be able to make that decision after the season. And people don't realize that. So you would have to decide now about what you were going to do with that fifth-year option. So if you kept them both and Sam won that competition, now what? Are you going to sign him to a long-term deal and look to trade the quarterback you just drafted? How'd that work out with Arizona, who traded, who used a first-round pick? I believe it was pick six overall, if I'm not mistaken on Josh Rosen, and, and we're able to get a second-round pick for him. But, but this is the number two overall pick. So you're going to risk that and then probably not get back what you put into this draft as far as that number two pick when you could have traded down and gotten a ransom. It was the worst idea. And again, I don't know where it came from, but it was just it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. And if you did that, and Sam played well, maybe you could look to trade him at the deadline if a team needed somebody, but you weren't going to get what you got back now. And if you waited and didn't trade him, then you lose him for nothing. You lose him for nothing. And don't give me the, oh, they can get a comp pick in the third round. Stop. That's, that's silly. You have to understand how comp picks work, too. So putting that aside, money played a major factor in this. Now. Joe Douglas has the opportunity as a general manager to pick his guy. And I heard somewhere 
I want to think of, I'm, I'm trying to remember who said this, that it would have been terrible for Joe Douglas, or it's going to be terrible for Joe Douglas if whoever he drafts at number two doesn't, isn't very good or doesn't become a star. It's actually the complete opposite. And I've said this before. It would have been career suicide for Joe Douglas had he, now in his third year, stuck with Sam Darnold and it didn't work out and passing up on what is supposedly a very, very deep quarterback class and having the number two overall pick. You don't have that very often. You just don't. And with the way they're building this team and the new coaching staff, I don't think they expect to be picking this this early in the draft very often again. So you stick with Sam Darnold after seeing what you've already seen for three years and somebody that you didn't draft. You stick with him and it doesn't work? That's a cause for somebody to lose their job. Now, Douglas has his head coach, and now they're able to choose their quarterback. And now you get a few years and see what you could do with that. Nobody is expecting, nobody is expecting whoever they choose at number two to come in here right away and year one and be a Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's expecting that. What they're expecting is progression. So now you say, okay, well, let's give him three years. So guess what? That brings you to the end of his contract. I'm talking about Joe Douglas. Woody Johnson's not going to fire Joe Douglas after this year if Zach Wilson or Fields or whoever it is isn't a star by the end of this year. So it was the opposite of what whoever this person I'm referring to, I wish I wrote it down who it was. It's the opposite of what they said. Keeping Sam would have been career suicide, not the other way around. Not the other way around. Now they bring in a new quarterback. It resets the quarterback clock. I believe Daniel Jeremiah had it right, and he said this essentially saves the Jets about $10 million a year. So money is a factor. They have many draft picks over the next two seasons as well. Many. They have two first-round picks this year, two first-round picks next year, one second-round pick this year, two second-round picks next year, three second-round, uh, third-round picks this year, three third-round picks next year, two fourth-round picks next year. They have a ton. Fifth-round picks, multiple fifths, multiple sixths. And not all these picks have to be used on draftees. That's another thing I keep seeing. Well, they have to hit on all these picks. No. These picks are assets. Yeah, Joe Douglas is somebody that likes to build through the draft. He has said that. And we have seen by his trades that he is he's, he wants to acquire these picks. But not everyone has to hit, and not everyone is going to be used or could be used or should be used on draftees. It gives you flexibility. These are assets. 
They can move around the board, including the first round this year. You have assets if you want to move up from 23. You have assets to do that. If you want to move back into the first round from number 34, you have assets to do that. That's what this does. It's not about hitting on every single one of these draft picks because no GM is going to hit on all their draft picks. None. If it's assets, it's flexibility. They can still trade for somebody like Russell Wilson or Watson if that situation gets cleared up. Because now they have even more, more ammo than they had prior to this. So did the Jets give Darnold everything he needed to succeed? No. But Darnold didn't help himself either. He just didn't. So trading Darnold gives them, as I mentioned, draft capital, cap space, resetting the clock, bringing in a coaching staff with their guy, or at least Joe Douglas's guy. And I'm sure Joe Douglas is getting a lot of input from the coaching staff. Now, the beat writers here in New York, they're not happy. Rich Amini, he's not happy. Why? Because these guys love misery. They love misery. It's easy to write articles when when the team is bad, when there's controversy. It's easier to write. And Sam was good to them. He was good to the media. He treated them well. Spoke to them whenever he they needed to speak to him. After a win, which wasn't very many, or after a loss, which was many, he was accessible. And people, on a side note, I'll bring this up uh, probably when I uh, I do a draft preview. But they question Zach Wilson's uh, durability, his injury history. Sam Darnold hasn't played a full season in the NFL yet either. 13 games as a rookie year, 13 games the year after, 12 games last season. And I know one of them had to do with mono. Okay, but I don't know what adult gets mono anyway. But what gets me is the fan base and the media who killed the Jets for winning those two games during the season, which took them out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Would they be feeling the same way now if the Jets had the number one pick? Would it be even a discussion about what the Jets should do if they had the number one pick? Of course it wouldn't. It would have had not even been a, a thought that Sam Darnold was gone. And anybody in their, in their right mind that would have said, you know, keep Sam over Trevor Lawrence, I don't, even want to, I don't even want to hear that or even imagine that. But no, these fans, these fan base, the media, they wouldn't have been acting the same way. And they wouldn't have expected the Jets to pass up on Trevor Lawrence because of what Sam Darnold has done, or better yet, hasn't done. All right, so what changed? It's not Trevor Lawrence. Now it's whoever you feel is the next best in the draft. Personally, I've been high on Zach Wilson. That's been clear. I wrote a whole article on him over at FantasyShed.com. I like the upside of Trey Lance. I don't know if he's ready from day one. And I'd be fine with Justin Fields as well. But if you think that any one of those guys can't be as good as Trevor Lawrence, then you clearly haven't been watching these guys' game film. Seriously, watch their film. Like, actually watch it. But, but also try to understand what you're actually watching. 
Wilson, Lance, Fields, they could all be as good as Trevor Lawrence. I know that might shock some of you, but it's true. I'm not going to go on a bold prediction and say they will be. I'm not going to go and say Zach Wilson's the best quarterback in this draft class. I'm saying they could be. So, again, I don't want to get too much into the draft right now. This isn't about the draft. We will have a whole draft preview. We'll probably be talking about the draft at least two, three more times before the actual draft. This is about Sam Darnold and him no longer being a New York Jet. So let me just wrap this up with, with just to be clear. I don't hate Sam Darnold. I wish him well in Carolina. I do think he can be a very good quarterback, and I hope he does. But based on what we've seen in New York, based on where he was contractually, and based on where the Jets are drafting and who's available, it just made complete sense to make this move and make this move now. You could argue they might have gotten more had they trade him earlier in the year. You know what? Props to them if they weren't ready. Give them credit for actually wanting to do some homework and research on these quarterback prospects. I give them credit for that. Some say they might have gotten more had they waited till after the draft. Possible, but also possible that you get less, as more of these teams then have quarterbacks. What if one of these top four quarterbacks somehow slips to number eight with Carolina's picking, and then they take a quarterback? Well, then this trade's off the table. So maybe they overplay their hand a little bit, waiting this long, but you know what? If it was to give enough time to really evaluate this draft class, then fine. I think the compensation they got is is good. It's fair. And I think this trade is good for all of them, like I said in the beginning. And I hope Donald goes out and plays well. And even if he does go out and play and plays well, it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. Hear me out. Cuz it's not just about him. There's more factors. The cap where they're drafting, who's available. So many things went into this. And there are a lot of Darnold truthers out there and think he's going to be the next superstar and that he could be the next superstar, and maybe he will. I don't see that, personally. I don't see superstar written on him. I don't think he's ever going to live up to some of the hype he received coming out of the draft, especially from guys like Mel Kuyper. But I do think he can have a nice career. You could have a career like Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan. Long, consistent careers. But it doesn't mean it wouldn't have been the right decision. That's all. But now my question is going to be looking at who's the backup. You're going to have Alex Smith still available, I believe. I think personally it's going to be Nick Mullins. He's coming back from injury, though. Um, he's familiar with this system as well. I actually prefer Nick, uh, Nick Mullins. What did I say? Uh, Nick, I don't know what I said before. Nick Mullins, I actually like him. Um, I think he'd be a good person to have in there with whoever the rookie quarterback is that they do draft. So I wasn't expecting to come on today. Obviously, I'm glad I did. This is why this podcast exists, for things like this, to get off my chest, to vent, rant, rave, whatever it is when something comes down. And this came down this afternoon, and I was able to find some time to 
uh, record this, get this out there. Uh, let me know what you think, guys. Hit me up on Twitter at Rich P Fantasy or at uh, the show at Sportsbeat NY. Um, you can also hit me up at FantasyShed underscore com, which is my website as well as the other podcast we have, which is Fantasy Shed on Air. Um, so there's there's plenty of ways you can reach out. Leave a comment, what you agree, don't agree, you hate this, whatever. So that's going to do it for this. We'll see what happens. We will have more uh, more this week as we look at and go over uh, the NFL draft. Like I said, hoping to get Eric back on at some point this week. And we'll examine what's going to happen with the number two pick and who it should be. And then also at number 23. And then we go and we'll evaluate the Giants as well. This is a big draft for them because they could be looking at a similar situation next year with Daniel Jones. Except they're giving Daniel Jones what the Jets did not give Sam Darnold. So the Giants could be in a very, very similar situation. Except there might not be as much um, as much divide between that and their fan base because they're giving Daniel Jones the weapons and the coaching so if it doesn't work out in year three for him here you could look at a similar situation there over there for the giants where they trade their future for uh their previous first round pick and we'll see what happens there so that's gonna do it thanks for listening we will be talking this week as well enjoy the rest of the week